0: Hi, it's Mark Raven here. This is a bonus episode. It's a little bit different today. I'm not interviewing anybody. I wanted to tell a story about something that happened this past week. It's not a story about a favorite mistake. It's not my favorite mistake. It's not a mistake I made, but it's a story of a recent mistake that I was victim of, you might say, a medical mistake. So don't worry, I'm I'm fine. Um, the mistake, uh, I talked to the CDC about this on um, the COVID vaccination hotline. They told me to report this as what they called a vaccine administration error. That sounds really technical. Um, the error wasn't harmful, thankfully, but that's not the point of the story. This error, like so many errors that occur in healthcare around the world every day, this is an error that should not have occurred. It's something that other pharmacies and vaccine providers would hopefully learn from. And that's why I've been trying to share this story. First on my blog, I wrote a long blog post about my experience. There's a link to that in the show notes. But to be clear, I want to make sure there's no misunderstanding here. This is not a story about vaccine safety. The vaccines and the boosters are safe and reliable. That's not in doubt, at least not to me. The error was not getting the vaccine. I got the J&J vaccine back in March. I was happy to do so. It's been effective for me. The error was not getting a booster. I'm glad I got the booster and I know that's gonna be helpful. The error was a pharmacist giving me the wrong dose of the Moderna booster. So what happened? Um, I'm gonna tell that story here today. So to, to give a little bit of context, Again, I chose to get the Moderna booster on top of my original J&J vaccination because there's data that shows that combination. And and we're now allowed to mix and match vaccines that this combination of Moderna on top of J&J gives the strongest antibody levels. Uh, I talked to a doctor I trust and, and he said, that yeah, that seemed like a good idea. So I scheduled this through the CVS pharmacy and their app was able to go to a local store for that. But you know, when I first started writing the blog post about my experience there. I really thought the story and the focus was just about what you might describe as a, a disorganized waiting process. But by Wednesday afternoon, I realized that this vaccine administration error had occurred, this preventable error. And again, thankfully it didn't cause any harm to me. It wouldn't be expected um, to cause any harm um, to others. So, in a nutshell, part of the disorganization of the process. You know, when it arrived when I arrived. There was a big sign, big giant freestanding floor sign that said, "Here for your COVID nineteen vaccination. Proceed to the vaccination area." Well, there wasn't an arrow pointing uh, in one direction or another. I guess they were leaving that up to you to figure out where the vaccination area was. There's one of these minute clinic health hub areas off to the right. And it appeared that the vaccination area was down to the left past the pharmacy. So I went down there and there were a number of chairs in the area. There were probably about 10 chairs. There were maybe seven or eight people waiting there. Most of them were seated in chairs. A couple were standing. I thought, well, even though I had an appointment, I might be waiting, it seems. So i just picked one of the chairs, kind of distancing myself from others, even though I was wearing a mask. And we were just kind of sitting there and I figured I would wait until I heard my name. I would get called back for the vaccination. Well, at one point a woman came out, maybe she was a manager. It was unclear. She started chastising everybody because apparently we weren't lining up properly for the vaccination. She pointed out, and, and this is sort of funny to a, a number of people, like, you know, we were supposed to be seated in the numbered chairs in sequence and that those chairs formed a queue. One of the patients blurted out something like, well, how are we supposed to know that? Uh, I don't know how we would have known that. Um, another patient asked, well, why aren't you just taking people in the order of appointment times? You know, there, there was a tiny sign about this uh, this musical chairs process. It said, uh, welcome, please be seated at our numbered chairs in order of arrival. Well, that wasn't exactly clear to anybody. And apparently we were supposed to be moving along. And like when, person, when the person in seat number one uh, was getting vaccinated, the person in seat two would then move to seat one and the person in seat three would move to seat two. <sighs> musical chairs without the music or... The fun. Uh, so, people were trying to do that once we were kind of uh, gruffly informed about this unclear process. And thankfully, I think we're all less concerned about touching surfaces these, these days as we've learned more about COVID. And look, the layout of the chairs didn't make it at all obvious that there was a queue being formed. The chairs weren't in a straight line and, and they were kind of in two separate sub areas. Uh, So I think there's a general lesson here. Don't blame your customers for not understanding your unclear process. So let's get to the vaccination itself. You know, a pharmacist came over to me. I was sitting in the magical chair, number one. He walked me over um, to a consult room, a little closed off room that's used for vaccination. Um, As we were walking over, he asked, were you checked in? I said, well, yes, I tapped the link. Uh, on the app, as I was instructed to do via a text message. And he said, well, that that's not really the check-in. Well, another part of the process that was confusing and poorly labeled and, and unclear was that, oh, we were supposed to actually take a right turn when we arrived over to uh, the minute clinic area where there was a concierge desk that was supposed to sign us in. I'm sure I wasn't the only one uh, who missed that. So he tapped around on a mobile device. He got me signed in and checked in. So I showed the pharmacist uh, my my CDC vaccination card, that piece of paper, and it said, you know, of course I'd gotten the single dose J and J vaccine in March. And the pharmacist looked at this and he said, "Oh, um, because you had the J and J, I have to give you the full dose, not the booster dose." Now I didn't even think to question this as a patient because. He's supposed to be the expert, or he's supposed to be trained and educated sufficiently by his employer. So, a lack of training, a lack of knowledge, I would describe those as systemic problems. I'm not blaming this individual pharmacist here. So, he was talking me through his process that he was going to draw up 0.5 milliliters of the Moderna vaccine. That's a full dose. Um, if, If you've gotten one or two doses of Moderna, that initial wave of um, vaccination, hopefully you have two at this point, you would have been given 0.5 milliliters each time. The booster dose is supposed to be uh, 0.25 milliliters. So full dose, 0.5, booster dose, 0.25. So I saw the pharmacist draw up 0.5 milliliters into the syringe. He was making a point of letting me see that, which I, I thought was good. I appreciated him um, giving some transparency to this and, and talking me through uh, his reasoning. So the injection wasn't painful. The pharmacist was pleasant and didn't seem stressed out, even though it's kind of a chaotic retail pharmacy environment. Um, you know, he seemed happy to help. He didn't seem rushed or stressed. That was good. Um, I'll, I'll. But let's talk about um, you know the error and how this this came to be, or how it came to be discovered. So when I gotten the original J and J vaccine, I had some very minor side effects the next day. That's to be expected. Um, I had a low grade fever, just under 100 degrees Fahrenheit. You know, for four or five hours, I napped it off. My my fever broke, and then I felt normal that evening. Now you know again. Remember, these short term side effects are not harmful. It's not evidence of harm. These side effects are actually a good sign that the vaccine is working. It means your body and your immune system is responding and learning. Um, So Wednesday, this was the day after getting the Moderna shot. You know, it really started hitting me at about 9 a.m. I felt a fever coming on. I blocked off most of the day to not have meetings scheduled. That's a luxury I have with working from home and, and having flexible hours and, and different things that I do. Um, I took my temperature, my last meeting was ending at 9 AM and uh, I had a 99.5. So I thought, okay, fine. This is normal. This is working. I went back to bed uh, uh, expecting to just maybe watch some TV and nap it off. But by about 3 PM, you know, I thought the fever was breaking because I felt warmer. Well, it turns out my fever was going up to about 102. And, you know, it got me wondering. My, my, my gut said, maybe the pharmacist wasn't correct about the dose. I mean, I've been around healthcare long enough. I've been working um, 16 years in healthcare process improvement and quality improvement. I, I know that medication errors are a big problem in hospitals, clinics, and pharmacy settings. Um, the day before, I had written a different blog post. Uh, about the various vaccine process errors that had been occurring around the world. People getting the wrong vaccine, the wrong dose, undiluted doses, extra doses. You know, I was trying to rest, but I was still kind of fretting about this. I mean, I knew from the cases, different errors where people were mistakenly injected with a full undiluted vial of the Pfizer vaccine. That meant they got a 5X or a 6X overdose of vaccine. It wasn't really harmful. So I thought if I had incorrectly gotten twice the booster dose, I knew I wasn't in danger. But given that I work with healthcare organizations on systems improvement uh, and the fact that I host this podcast here called My Favorite Mistake, I I thought it was somewhat ironic that I was potentially the victim of a medication error, as I was. Um, as, As I told somebody that day, if I'm destined somehow to be the victim of a medication error in my life, I'll take this one because again, it's it's nothing harmful. Sadly, medication errors more generally are are so common that I'll likely face another one in my lifetime as as will you. So I started researching. I, I found uh, the CDC website. There was a four-page PDF document that has the instructions about giving the boosters. And the document, whether it was formatted well or not, it it wasn't. Um, The text, though, once you found it, seemed pretty clear. It said, all persons who received a single-dose Janssen COVID-19 vaccine, that's the one commonly referred to as J&J or Johnson & Johnson, all people who received a single-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine, should get a booster dose of a COVID-19 vaccine at least two months or eight weeks after receiving the primary dose. So again, that included me, but what is a quote unquote booster dose? You have to go find that on the next page. It says a booster dose is 0.25 milliliters unless um, it's, it's being given as an additional dose to people who are moderately to severely immunocompromised. That's not me. The pharmacist hadn't brought that up as a reason for giving me 0.5 milliliters. Um, so that wasn't the cause of the error. He said he was giving me the full dose because I had gotten the J&J vaccine. But again, that's wrong. The booster dose for all fully immunized people was to be 0.25 milliliters. The same mistake has happened um, to others with other patients. I saw an article in the news uh, the other day uh, from West Virginia where uh, the Mercer County Health Department COVID vaccine administration was halted following a dosing error. They, they made the exact same mistake. Um, so there is a CDC hotline that you can call with questions about COVID or the vaccines. So I called. Uh, I got through to a person pretty quickly and easily. I explained what had happened. Uh, She said bluntly, that's not good. That is the wrong volume. So she said, again, the the term, the phrase she used was uh, that this had been a vaccine administration error and that I could report this via another phone call or a PDF form uh, through the, the CDC website. So I chose the form. I filled it out uploaded it um, to to the site. Um, So then I tried calling the the CVS store because I felt obligated to let them know about the error. I mean, I I was a bit afraid though, that my pharmacist, the one who injected me, would get in trouble. That wasn't my intent. Um, Again, I see what happened here is a systemic problem. There are, if there was one, there's likely to be more misinformed pharmacists at very various CVS sites around the country and other pharmacies or other healthcare organizations, it was impossible to reach a human there at their store. Um, there were some mistakes, it seemed, in the configuration of their voice response system. I would either get disconnected when it started ringing through to a person, or it would strangely kick me over into a voicemail system. It would read an error message asking me to enter my mailbox number. That that wasn't what it. That wasn't right. So I did have the energy, you know, my fever was starting to come down a little bit. I had the energy to call CBS corporate customer service. Um, you know, I I thought even if I had been able to reach somebody at the store, they probably don't have a culture. I mean, this would be ideal, but at the risk of sounding cynical, they probably don't have a culture of freely reporting errors and problems upward through their leadership chain. I wanted CVS corporate to know this error had occurred and that they should make sure it wasn't happening in any, any other stores. So I reached a real person. She listened to the story. She understood what the problem was. She took down a bunch of notes, but the only resolution, she said, well, I'd be contacted by somebody within 24 business hours. I'm doing the math. I'm like, well, that could mean Monday. I'm recording this on Saturday. I haven't heard from anybody at CVS corporate. So one other thing I just want to emphasize here again, this error is not something that's going to be harmful. I talked to a few friends who are doctors, and they pointed out a few facts that were reassuring. Because even though I wasn't really worried, I was more annoyed than anything. Uh, One doctor told me this error might ironically work out to my benefit, um, having better protection because I got a bigger dose. Another doctor told me that the Moderna booster trials were done with the full dose of 0.5 milliliters. Um, So the safety and efficacy of the booster was proven based on that full dose, the dose I erroneously received. It was later decided that the half dose provided enough protection to be worthwhile, so good for me. I'm I'm super vaccinated. Maybe uh, my words, not the doctors. But you know, I know th- I know getting the booster just as with the original vaccination doesn't mean I can now go be COVID reckless. Uh, you know, just because I have an airbag doesn't mean I'll go drive recklessly without a seatbelt on. So the next morning um, on uh, Thursday, since I, I couldn't reach the store by phone. The day before I walked over, I figured the pharmacy manager might be there. Um, This is a detail that was lost on everybody there. But I made a point of wearing a, a hat, a ball cap that I own that says zero spelled out in all capital letters. It's a hat that's made and sold by a nonprofit called the Patient Safety Movement Foundation. I thought maybe it was a touch ironic to wear the hat. I didn't think they would ask me about it, but I wore it. So I, I asked to talk to the pharmacy manager. He came over and I explained what happened. He recognized the error right away. I mean, he asked, did, did you, when you scheduled it, did you mark off in the app that you're immunocompromised? I'm like, no, I, I didn't. I'm quite certain I didn't. And again, that wasn't the reason cited by the pharmacist for giving me a full dose. So uh, the pharmacy manager didn't argue with me. He he believed me. He apologized. He said, Well, that pharmacist comes in later today, so I'll talk to him. So again, I'm hoping there wasn't any sort of um, individual punishment here. I would hope CVS and other healthcare organizations would look at the systems and processes related to training and education when something new like the booster comes out. So as a a pleasant surprise, kind of the final part of the story that I'll tell, and, and there's more detail and reflections in the blog post, but I'm, I'm going on a little long here. Um, to my pleasant surprise, I got a call um, late uh, Friday from the pharmacy manager at the store who I had talked to in person. He told me he had indeed talked with the pharmacist and that the individual there had already come to the realization that he had the wrong understanding about the booster dose. It's unclear to me, and I, I don't know, maybe it's doubtful if he would have been if he would have felt safe bringing that up to the manager you know, unprompted. Um, thankfully, the manager didn't say anything about punishing the guy, as again, I don't think that would have been merited. But the manager reiterated that this is a serious error and that it shouldn't have happened. He did talk to other pharmacists to make sure nobody else had the same incorrect misunderstanding. He said he also talked to his district manager to run it up the chain uh, for broader communication out. So I thanked him for that follow-up. On I asked him if he had a minute to hear some other feedback. He said, sure. I, I told him about the musical chairs uh, process. He said, oh, well, yeah, we realized that wasn't working. I'm glad they finally stopped blaming the customers. He said they removed the chairs and they just have a traditional standing queue and it's working better. So that's great to hear. I also told my feedback about the signage being unclear and in the wrong location. He said, okay, well, great. Well, we can make some improvements around that. So I do want to share a few other reflections sort of based on my work and things I've been exposed to in my career. You know, first off is a question of does CVS have a climate of psychological safety? I wrote a blog post recently for the firm Value Capture titled Psychological Safety and Its Essential Link to Continuous Improvement. To have the highest levels of performance, we need psychological safety in the workplace. If you are unfamiliar with the concept and the research that proves this idea, you can go listen to a podcast that I did with Professor Amy Edmondson from the Harvard Business School on the subject. Um, there's a link to that podcast in the blog post that I've linked to in the show notes for this episode. So again, I've tried to emphasize I do not blame the pharmacist. The pharmacists all work in a system senior leaders at the store, district, and corporate level are responsible for the systems and the culture, maybe more so the CEO of CVS as a whole. It made me wonder, did the pharmacist have the psychological safety to ask um, before vaccinating anybody? Something like, hey, I'm not certain which dose we give to the J&J vaccinated. What should I do? How do we confirm this? How do we make sure everybody knows? Or Again, did he have the safety to volunteer? Hey, I think I made a mistake earlier and gave the wrong dose. What should we do? I'm guessing, and again, this is just guessing, that the pharmacists don't have the psychological safety to do this. So it seemed like the pharmacist was felt uh, feeling safe enough after the pharmacy manager brought it up. But, you know, it makes me wonder, that woman who was being rude to the customers about lining up wrong, is that somebody who also talks to employees that way, that that doesn't seem like a culture of quality. Another question, what would Toyota do? I, I asked this question because the roots of the lean methodology that, that I use in my career, um, the roots of that are from Toyota. And, and I asked this question of what Toyota would do because I had the chance to visit two amazing mass vaccination sites in San Diego and in the Dallas suburb of Frisco where former or current Toyota people helped design, manage, and improve the vaccination process. Those sites ran really smoothly. Now, both of those had the advantage of being in dedicated spaces that had no other responsibilities than vaccination. That said, I think we always have a responsibility to intentionally design an effective process. Maybe CVS doesn't have that skill set. Did they allow the process here to just happen, meaning that it wasn't really designed, or did they design it badly? Either way, I wondered, will CVS improve it? And again, it sounds like they are. I'm convinced if Toyota ran a pharmacy location or a chain of stores, they wouldn't have stressed out, overworked, and sometimes understaffed conditions. Toyota would find a way to be profitable by having the right staffing levels required for the work and to provide the highest quality of service and care. Uh, In my lean podcast series, I did an interview this week um, coincidentally about uh, lean process design with my guests, Matt Zako and Eric Effington. You can go and find that um, in that blog post as well. So final question, what would Alcoa do? Now, why does this question matter? Well, Alcoa and the late Paul O'Neill Sr. had an amazing track record on safety during his tenure as CEO. And it wasn't just safety, they did exceedingly well on other measures of corporate performance such as the stock price. So one habit at Alcoa was to make sure that safety alerts were communicated quickly throughout the company, throughout the world. I asked Ken Siegel, CEO of Value Capture about this. He knew Paul O'Neill quite well. Um, I asked this question, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts about what if Alcoa ran this pharmacy? How quickly would this one error, once I reported it to CVS Corporate, lead the swift communication out to all CVS locations about the opportunity for error? Well, Ken said, I think the answer to your question is immediately. I heard Paul ask people on the floor in healthcare more than once, how long does it take for that knowledge to go to everyone else who does your job anywhere in the hospital, health system, or country? And why not instantly? So, will the CVS pharmacy manager, I, I mean, he said he was going to tell others, he was going to report it up the chain. I hope CVS would have the culture and the systems in place to spread knowledge of this error instantly across every CBS location and better yet why not share this with everybody in the pharmacy field to summarize you know a mistake was made um, far too many people are harmed some estimates say 1 million people Americans every year are harmed by medication errors I'm glad this one wasn't harmful uh, for for me but um, I still you know it, I think it's worth Reflecting on and learning from, and I guess the one follow-up: if you are planning to go get a Moderna booster, make sure that they're giving you just 0.25 milliliters, unless you are immunocompromised. Adding further confusion, to all of this: if you're getting the Pfizer booster, that's a point that's that's a regular dose. You would get the same dose as you got the first two times. So you know there there are these different processes and different doses for different vaccines, but this isn't rocket science. This isn't brain surgery. This is something that the pharmacies and the medical providers can figure out. Ideally, they would have figured this out without making mistakes. But if mistakes are going to be made, as always, as we talk about here on the podcast, let's learn from them. Let's avoid repeating them across the country and around the world. So thanks for listening to today's uh, bonus episode. Of my favorite mistake. Uh, We've got more episodes coming up the next couple of weeks. We'll be taking a week off for Thanksgiving. And again, more to come in December. Take care. As always, I want to thank you for listening. I hope this podcast inspires you to reflect on your own mistakes, how you can learn from them or turn them into a positive. I've had listeners tell me they started being more open and honest about mistakes in their work, and they're trying to create a workplace culture where it's safe to speak up about problems, because that leads to more improvement and better business results. If you have feedback or a story to share, you can email me, podcast at gmail.com, and again, our website is myfavoritemistakepodcast.com.